Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. I'm Leah Hislop. Um, I'm a food writer uh, based in the UK, and uh, my latest book is The Brownie Diaries. When you started thinking about this cookbook, you noticed that you couldn't find a modern brownie cookbook. So there were tray bake cookbooks, yes, but specifically brownies? No. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because when I started thinking about it, I couldn't think of one brownie cookbook. Yeah, so I mean, maybe just no one else was mad enough to do it. Um, it's probably a truthful <laughs> answer. Um, but yeah, you know, there'd been a few books that were kind of like brownies and tray bakes. Um, and actually, in the US, you might have had some more brownie cookbooks than, than us in the UK, I imagine. Um, but there was nothing that felt kind of modern or, or kind of really fun um, or, or personal, which are kind of the cookbooks that I, I quite like to read, you know, cookbooks that have like little stories in them. So I thought, okay, well, maybe that's something I can do. Well, speaking of personal, in this book, you wrote, whatever your problem in life, a brownie has a solution. I don't think you can get more personal than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I truly believe it. I, I do truly believe that, you know, um, however sad you're feeling or happy you're feeling, there's, you know, there's a, there's a brownie that will, uh, will fit that situation perfectly. So that was kind of my mission with the book, to come up with brownies that would fit all those moods and moments in life. The subtitle is My Recipes for Happy Days, Heartbreak, and Everything in Between. I'd love to kick things off with life scenarios. And you tell me which brownie is the best for that particular occasion. It feels like a game show. I need some theme music. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. This is great. Okay. So first scenario, I want to invite my date over after dinner. Oh, okay. Well, there is a perfect one for this, um, which is my um, my Netflix and chili brownies. You see what I did there? Because, you know, I think a brownies, it's it's very good date food, isn't it? You know, it's it's kind of indulgent. It's a bit sexy, but it doesn't look like you've made too much effort, which I think is is the secret to a first date. Plus, you can share them, which I think is also good. Yes. Um, so these are kind of, uh, you know, a really nice fudgy brownie. My brownies tend to be quite dark and indulgent. That's kind of the, the end of the 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 brownie axis that I kind of swing to. And then I've kind of got a little bit of ginger, a little bit of chili in there, and then popcorn as well. Because, you know, if you're going to be watching a movie on Netflix, you've got to have um, some popcorn in there. Yeah, so they're just kind of fun and a bit silly. Okay, I just started a new job. What is a good way to celebrate? Um, you've got to take something to the office, right, to make everyone like you. That's the, that's the key. <laughs> yes. um, so uh, I have a blondie that I've called a first day on the job blondie. This is actually one of my favorite recipes in the whole book. It's like definitely the one that after having written all these recipes, I still kind of want to make all the time, which is usually a good sign. They're blondies, so they're white chocolate. They're not too rich. They're kind of sturdy enough to transport in a Tupperware to the office, which is also crucial. They're kind of flavored with like kind of chai latte spices. So there's like cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, cardamom. I love all those kind of spices. Pecans, and then there's kind of like milk chocolate shards on top, which looks really effective. It's very simple. You, you know, you just take a bar of chocolate, slice it into triangles, and then just press those little triangles into the top. But they just, they look quite angular and cool. That was one of the, the challenges of the book, I think, was coming up with ways to make them all look different rather than, you know, just slabs of brown. Oh, I can't even imagine. Do you think that was one of the biggest hurdles? I think visually, because you have to think quite visually with a cookbook. We eat with our eyes, right? So it's all about kind of coming up with recipes that are tasty, but also kind of will look nice for the pictures. Because most people look at the picture and that's how they decide to cook, right? What they decide they're going to do. So yeah, that was a little bit of a challenge. 
challenge, but it was quite a fun one. And we had a really good food stylist on the book. She cut some out with little cookie cutters and things, which was a really good idea. Okay, I'm having a bad day, or I know someone who's having a bad day. What's going to cheer me up? For that, I think it's going to have to be my tea and sympathy brownies, which are very British. And they are a classic brownie with just a hint of tea. Tea is quite tricky to infuse into food, I always find. It's a difficult one um, to get kind of the flavor, but not have too much of it because it's quite kind of tannic, you know, it's quite... But anyway, so it's flavoured with a little bit of tea and then it's got biscuits pushed into the top, which looks really fun, especially if you've got like a selection box of biscuits, you know, so you kind of got like round ones, square ones. Looks really fun. You said it's a hug in brownie form. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> okay, I'm having a vegan dinner party. Ah, uh, yeah. So I made sure that in this book, I was like, you know, you have to have the recipes for, you know, kind of your vegan friends, your gluten-free friends. So there's trying to tick all the boxes here. I've called it, did I mention I'm a vegan? And I went through a lot of tests for these trying to find out what would be the best kind of way to make a vegan brownie that tasted like the real thing. But this is finally what I got to. And it's not that dissimilar from a conventional brownie in some ways. I've just used coconut oil instead of butter, plenty of dark chocolate. And then flaxseed is the, the, the one kind of weird and wonderful ingredient. It's sometimes called linseed, used a lot by vegan cooks. It's kind of a miraculous, weird little thing. Like, you know, you put these seeds in with water and you stir them and they go kind of gelatinous, but they act like an egg essentially, you know, you put that into a, a vegan recipe and it, it kind of helps set it a bit like an egg does, hold it all together. So they're pretty cool. You call that your secret ingredient. Now, does it have any flavor or does it just work as an egg? Yeah, you won't really taste it. It's got quite a neutral taste. This is one of my favorites. I don't have any chocolate in the house. What do I do? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, is uh, my husband loves this recipe, which I find a bit annoying because it's actually based on someone else's. Um, I was like, can we have one, of, <laughs> one, that, one that I came up with? So this is kind of based on an, an American recipe, actually, by, I don't know how you pronounce her surname, but Alice Madrick, who is a pretty famous chocolate expert. So it's, it's based on her recipe. All she uses is cocoa powder, no actual chocolate. But somehow they are amazing and really deep and grown up and also quite chewy, which is an, an, a nice quality in a brownie. I think uh, underrated. So what is it about this brownie that does it for your husband? I think they're a tiny bit less rich. And I think it's the chewiness. You know, people get very into like fudgy versus cakey in brownies. You know, people are like, oh, I like them fudgy. No, I like them cakey. But but chewy is kind of the third category, I think. Yeah, you call that the great war in brownie circles, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? People get so so impassioned about it. I mean, I think there's a place for all of them, you know, like I, I tend to prefer a kind of intense squidgy brownie, but Sometimes like a cakier one with a glass of milk is kind of nice. So what if I want to make brownies for breakfast? Do you have an option for that? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the first things I wanted to have was a breakfast brownie because I just thought it would be funny. This one is essentially a brownie with Nutella in it. And Nutella is quite cool because if you use Nutella, you don't really have to use chocolate. Like it kind of provides chocolatey, hazelnutty flavor and fat. It's got some dried banana chips in it because, you know, breakfast, healthy. And then it's got um, a kind of crunchy chocolate topping um, using cereal. So I usually do it with cornflakes or um, puffed rice. So you get like kind of a nice kind of crunchy cereal topping on the top of the brownie. So you even... It's good what? Uh, with raisins in it too. Oh, really? I see. Yeah. I think raisins is another great war. Because <laughs> yeah. like, either love them or you hate them. Yeah. I mean, I do think the secret is soaking them in booze quite a lot of the time. <laughs> 
Yes. You soak them in like some sherry or something and then put them in a brownie recipe. I mean, that is delicious. I mean, that solves everything. Exactly. <laughs> you even have a brownie recipe for the morning after. Yes. Yeah. The great classic combination of, of maple syrup and bacon, which I think will definitely kind of rouse you from your stupor. I've wondered this all my life and it happens to me every time. Why are brownies so difficult to slice? Oh, they are a nightmare, aren't they? Um, yes. I mean, I'm quite practiced at it now, but even I sometimes struggle. Um, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, they are intensely squidgy things, right? Like they have a really high proportion of fat in them and chocolate compared to a normal cake, you know, huge amounts of fats, not much flour, not much gluten to hold them together. So they're kind of intrinsically, structurally quite unsound, you know? <laughs> I think also because we like them so much and they smell so good, we tend to rush to slice them, right? Like as soon as they come out of the oven, you kind of want one, but you kind of have to resist that because if you leave them to cool properly, they are so much easier to slice. And I often recommend people put them in the fridge for a couple of hours because it, they honestly, they, they will, they will slice like a dream after that. Oh, that's a good tip. I think they actually, the flavor improves. I don't know what, it, don't, I don't know what the fridge does. I don't know what the science of it is, but somehow they, it, they, it sets them a bit and the fudginess kind of, the fudginess kind of comes out a bit more. Yeah. I really like them from the fridge. You know how people are way into cookie batter. I'm way into brownie batter. Yeah. Brownie batter is delicious. It's so much better than cookie batter, cookie dough. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, but I'm biased. <laughs> So some people like cakey and some people like chewy, but no one likes dry. How do we avoid dry? Oh, dry is hard. I mean, I think brownies, when I started this book, I was like, oh, brownies, this will be a really easy book to write. And then, all, you know, about two months in, I was like, it's quite hard because a well-cooked brownie is quite subjective, right? Like what you think is perfect and gooey. Someone might be like, oh, that's really underbaked. And they're really hard to tell when they're done. You know, like a cake, you stick a skewer in, don't you? You know, and it comes out clean. And you know it's done. So there's like this foolproof test. And that doesn't exist for brownies. So that's really hard. And it depends on your oven. Ovens all run at, you know, slightly different temperatures. So my advice is generally keep an eye on them. If your oven runs hot, check them like five to 10 minutes before the cooking time is up. They're not going to sink like a cake might, you know? So I, I, I would always do that. Have a little check. Um, I often shake the tin. Like a little bit of a jiggle is fine. Like you wouldn't want that in a cake. But I tend to think with a brownie, if it's moving a little bit, that's okay because they continue to set as when they come out of the oven. Like you don't want it liquid, but a little bit of a, a little tiny bit of a jiggle, that, that's, that doesn't bother me. So I would often take them out then. But yeah, and I would always say, if you can, just get a cheap oven thermometer because it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting to know. I mean, I find this kind of stuff interesting. <laughs> and if you know that your <laughs> oven runs like 20 degrees hotter, you know that your brownies are probably going to be ready a little bit earlier than others. So yeah, that, that's probably my, my top tips for avoiding dryness. You can do a skewer test of a kind. Like if you stick a skewer in and like it's liquid, it needs more time. If it comes out dry, you've kind of overdone it. But like if you've got like little clumps of brownie sticking to the skewer, that's kind of getting to, to cook at that point. It is funny because brownies are subjective and it seems like cake is so straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I feel like you can write a book about them because... People have such different opinions. You include a little brownie history in this cookbook. Who discovered the brownie? Where did it come from? Uh, yeah, I found this really interesting. So it, it, it turns up quite late, the brownie, because, you know, chocolate has obviously been around, you know, the cocoa bean has been around since ancient times. But 
it's not till the 1800s, really, um, that you get chocolate available in an affordable way, you know, kind of like as, as like sweetened blocks, basically, that, that home cooks can use. It's really not till quite late in the 1800s that that becomes a thing. Chocolate baking isn't really a thing before that. Rich people had chocolate. They mostly had it's like drinking chocolate in the 1700s and stuff. So it's kind of around the 1800s. There's lots of different theories and myths about who invented it. I mean, I, I love them all. I don't think any of them are probably true. <laughs> There's one about a housewife who's called Mildred, but her nickname was Brownie. And I think the, the, the story is that she kind of, um, she had to make a cake one day and it went really badly wrong. She forgot the baking powder or something, but all her guests loved it anyway. And the Brownie was born. So I like that one. There's a story that this very like wealthy American socialite, she was having some sort of conference at a hotel or something. And she said to the chef, oh, can you come up with some treat that like, you know, all the women visiting my conference will love. And, and the chef came up with the brownie. Um, so we don't really know. They don't turn up in cookbooks till like the late 1800s. Um, so it's late, I think, really. But but we do know it was born in the United States, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a 100% American invention. So That's I think crazy. it's one of, the, one of the greatest inventions. Let's call it the greatest invention. <laughs> the, the greatest invention. <laughs> so the box mix made the brownie a household name. I love a brownie from a box. How about you? Yeah, so this is fascinating. So I, when I was researching this book, I... Uh, you know, I read so much about American box brownies, the companies that made them like General Mills and stuff, you know, they kind of produced a lot of leaflets and recipes. So, you know, it was kind of a part of it was, you know, they were they were kind of selling this idea to people. Um, in the UK, we don't have a culture of box brownies in the same way. Like you can probably pick one up in the supermarket. It wasn't a part of our childhoods, you know, in, in the same way as it was for America. So I find that quite interesting. So I think our taste in brownies is maybe a little bit richer because we, we came to brownies later when, you know, they kind of gone quite gourmet and it's all like about, you know, really dark chocolate. Um, whereas I think the American taste is maybe slightly sweeter. And that's probably because of that heritage, you know, the box brownie. That's so interesting. Because if you would yeah. have asked me, I would have thought that that you had box brownies, you know, yeah, back in the 70s think, too. Not 60s, really. 70s. I, I feel like the brownie kind of probably took off in the UK, like in the 90s, maybe. Oh my gosh. Yeah, properly. I mean, I'm sure some people made them, but like, in, in the kind of way that you would walk into any coffee shop and there'd be a brownie on the counter. That's probably like 90s for us. So yeah, they're you quite, new, quite new and sexy for us. <laughs> I think that, that it took so long because it's so hard to slice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. People were just like, no, we will stick with our Victoria sponge. Thank you. And I'm not going to do Yes, they look great. <laughs> yeah, that's just a mess. <laughs> Now to my segment called Dream Dinner Party, where I ask you who you most want to invite to your dream dinner party and why. And for this segment, it can only be one person. It's got to be Nigella, isn't it? I mean, it's just got to be Nigella. I just think to be really fun. I think she'd be really polite if, if your food wasn't up to scratch. <laughs> you know how many <laughs> people say Nigella? Is it everyone? It's nearly everyone. Yeah. She's just <laughs> nice, isn't she? She just seems like She's a nice the person. Best. I'm trying to think who else I would have, but you said one person, so I, I can't pick, I won't pick another. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Where can we find you on the web and social media? Ah, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram um, under my name, Leah Hislop, and I have a website, leahhislop.com as well. And talk about Waitrose. I'm not oh, familiar sure. with that grocery store, but yeah, I work on um, Waitrose's food magazine. So Waitrose, it's a, a supermarket grocery store here in the UK. You know, it's, uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be in the US, maybe like Whole Foods or something. Yeah, and they have a very well-regarded food magazine that's been running many, many years. So I, I'm the deputy editor on that. So that, that's the day job is, is working on that. It's a fun mix. 
I'm surrounded by food at all times. <laughs> to purchase The Brownie Diaries, head on over to cookerybythebook.com. And thanks so much, Leah, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. Follow Cookery by the Book on Instagram. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book. <laughs>